Peace appraiser for the year 2020. He was marked down so poorly and he was not promoted alongside his contemporaries. He was so angry because he knew it was a winch hunt from some of the top persons. When he informed me, I told him to leave it to me to pray about and he should not disturb himself. He ignored me and started ensuring that he scaled up performance for the year 2021. Again, he did his appraisal for the year 2021. It was set to be average and that the proposal and that probably might be promoted by the end of the year or in 2023. He told me I laugh because I know he works hard and several clients and colleagues appreciate his work. Sometime around February 2020, Apostle announced that he was going to be coming to Lagos and invited him to my place. Thank God he agreed. He was about leaving and he prayed for my household while praying. He prophesied that in 14 days, there will be an open door in the household and other prophecies which I can't wait for their fulfillment. And the word came, and the word came. For this, I held on to, I held on to it with the Bible verse. Um, 2 Kings 37, 17. I shall not see the wind, nor shall I see the rain, but my but my valley will filled with water. I got a call from my husband less than 14 days that I was promoted based on a 2020 appraiser that was said to be very poor. Sorry, I'm, I'm rushing to read that. All right. But one of the things I observed from the testimonies and actually from, from my personal life is that every time I prayed for her, every time I give her what something, she go she goes further to look for scripture to anchor it. Like what she said here, she said she, she held on to Second King chapter um she held on to Second Kings chapter three verse seven and I shall not see the wind, nor shall I see the rain, but my valley shall be filled with water. Meaning that even though it, it does not or the environment or the situation is not taking shape, it doesn't look like something that should even though it's situation or the environment, I'm not saying it's preaching though, you are recording already. Uh, no problem. Even though the situation or the environment um, does not feel, or the situation is not looking like the prophecy will find fulfillment, as long as I've anchored this upon the word of God, it's going to come to pass. Remember in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24 25, it says, Whosoever heareth this saying of mine, he said, And built and, and dwell there, is likened to one which was, who built his house upon the rock, meaning who built his house on scripture, upon the word of God. That was what she did. So every time that a prophecy comes on you, or every time that something comes on you, there's always a part that you must always play. Remember, I always um, cite Apostle Paul when he said that the grace of God was upon me. He said, but I labor abundantly than they all. Meaning that thank God for the grace of God, but I, I have my own part to do. So every time, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Paul was talking to Timothy, he said, for the prophecy that has come upon you, that that mightiest war, a good war fell fit. So there are times when God gives you a word, prophecies and all of these things, you must also ensure that you do your own part for instance i want to give you the example of for instance if if you are if god if you feel uh, maybe god is telling you you are going to be one of the top doctors in the country or this there's no way that prophecy will find fulfillment if you decide not to go to not to read medicine or decide not to go to um, a medical school so just because a prophecy is upon you does not mean it will automatically find expression. There's always a part to play. So one of the most exciting parts of this testimony is when he said he held on to Second Kings chapter 3, verse 17. In short, I've known her to be that kind of person. Every time I had the opportunity or the privilege to pray with her or to pray for her, she will always hold on to a scripture. So, and this is what God did. Um, even before that 14 days, God confirmed his word by himself. All right, tonight we are looking at what we call the strategy called church. 
you know, um, I was trying to find so many things. There was some um, translation that said the church was mentioned 58 times in New Testament. Some said it was mentioned three times in the New Testament. So there were several ideologies and understand where they are coming from. You know, there has been a lot of stuff from um, that's happened through church, and there has been a lot of um, misconception about what church is. You know, there has been a lot of misconception, and there has been a lot of plenty. I don't even know. Church, um, um, a lot. So uh, the Greek word for church is called ecclesia, 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 meaning a call out, a popular meeting, especially a religious gathering. So you also understand that um, Christian, the word Christian was not what the believers were being called. It was it was unbeliever in Antioch that began to call them Christians because they were giving Christ like. So also the church is a gathering of a believer where we come together to worship God. So the church is not just the building that you go to. If you decide to hold meeting now in your room every day, that place has become the church. The church is me and you. The church is not just the building. So there, there has been so many conceptions about what the church is. There has been so many conceptions and misconceptions I mean, about what the church is. I, and the first time we, we, we hear about the church was in the book of Matthew, when was saying that I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. I also know that when James was arrested in the book of Acts, the Bible said, and the church prayed. And almost every time that Apostle Paul writes that, you write the letters to the church. The church in Colossus, the church in Ephesus, um, uh, in Ephesians, the church in um, Colossus, different people. In, even in the book of Corinthians, where I mean the book of um, Revelation, when those letters were were addressed to different churches. So this this already killed the excuse of you saying that I can worship God from anywhere, even if I, I can stay in my house. Because every time that Apostle Paul write letter, he didn't write letter to people who were in the house. He wrote letter to the church. He didn't write to somebody who said, "I'm a man." Even any time that Apostle Paul was asking after the church in the house, it was like an cell where they gathered together and prayed. Remember when they were praying for the release of Peter? They were in the house and they were praying. So that's like an cell, the church in the house. So it's not just saying, "Ah, I'll sit in my house. There's no need for me to go to church." All those analogies, all those kind of you know um, logic wisdom that some believers try to bring. You get so and now from the ministry of jesus christ i found out that there were five cardinal points from his ministry one jesus taught secondly jesus preached taught jesus delivered deliverance ministry fought jesus heals their feet he helped jesus taught preached delivered healed and helped people the health ministry of jesus is even the least one among the five cardinal points because the health ministry has to do with feeding people so we find out that also the health ministry is part of the ministry of jesus christ the ministry of jesus christ was a five cardinal point jesus taught jesus preached jesus healed jesus delivered and helped we find that this cardinal these five cardinal points also find expression in the early church and also in the life of the apostles we find that in the early church, they were selling things to make sure that everybody were comfortable. They were bringing their goods. The health ministry is also very important. But if you check it categorically, you'll find out that the health ministry seems to be the least among it. Like reaching out with food resources and all of this. But this day, a church is judged to be, to be a good church by the amount of things that they can give to people. No. Uh, the apostle said, how shall we live what? He said that, how shall we live these things that we are doing and to be serving tables? 
So today, they are, you, you judge the church, um, um, you judge the spirituality or the soundness of the church by how much food they can give to people under, um, um, under the bridge in Oshodi, or how much rice they can give to the less privileged. You know, people even rate men of God who are, who are anointed and spiritual by the bag of rice that they. I'm not saying that that is not part of Jesus' ministry, but if you have to rate it the way Jesus worked, that is like the least of his ministry. Jesus taught, Jesus preached, Jesus delivered, Jesus healed. And also well. So the ministry of Jesus Christ even contained deliverance. There has been a lot of misconception about deliverance and all of these things. In the school of growth of Penian, I taught them there about the subject of deliverance. You get, and I've, I've, I've said this here several times like a believer cannot be possessed because your spirit is like one compartment that can only receive the spirit of God. But a believer can actually be oppressed. You cannot be possessed because you have the Spirit of God. But as a believer, you can be oppressed if you don't know what you ought to know. Like I always say, if you don't know that the house belongs to your father, you will always pay house rent. So if you don't know your authority in Christ, there are three legal ways that Satan can get access to a man's life. One, by covenant. Two, by disobedience. Three, by ignorance. So if you find yourself in this three legal realm, you'll find that Satan will so cheat you. If you don't know what you, for instance, I've heard a story of some people who, who boarded um, um, the plane and they were in the first class. And one of the guys were taking food and the other one was not eating. He was afraid because he was going to pay for it. Then, after they, they gone for a very long time, then the other one said, you're not going to pay for this. It's already captured. The same way that your liberty was captured, it was in the salvation when Christ, when, 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 you, had, when you gave your life to Christ. But if you don't know, just like that guy in the first, in the first class, you will still be afraid. And Satan loves to operate illegally once you know that you are ignorant about it. There are certain things that should not find expression in your life as a believer. But if you don't know what you ought to know, they will find expression. Just like I say. So if you don't know that, if you don't know that the house belongs to your father, you will still pay the house rent. That's how Satan behaves. He loves to operate illegally. It's like a dog. You have to shut back at him so he can run. So the ministry of Jesus was not only what was not just that um, it was he had the, the teaching ministry, he had the, he, he, the preaching ministry, he had the healing ministry, then he had the deliverance ministry. I think next week we are going to be talking about victory over the spirit of infirmity. So he had the deliverance ministry. You find out that there's there I was studying my Bible today and I found out that Jesus did so many things that sounds to be weird. If you check the book of Mark, chapter, um, chapter 7, from the um from 32, 33, 34, they brought somebody who was deaf. But Jesus, he was deaf, he was not hearing. But Jesus removed saliva and put saliva in the person's tongue. What was your tongue and being deaf? What are, I, I cannot understand. But when it comes to deliverance ministry, sometimes what is happening to you is not really what is happening to you. I don't know whether you understand. When it has to do with the deliverance ministry, eh, what is happening to you sometimes is not what is happening to you. Then if you check the, um, the book of Mark chapter 9 verse 25, they brought somebody who had conversion and Jesus rebuked the spirit of death and dumb. What does the spirit of death and dumb has to do with somebody who has conversion? So when it has to do with the deliverance ministry, sometimes what is doing you is not really what is doing you. I don't know if you're... So what you think is... Now, do you know how the spirit of infirmity works? There are times when you can pray for somebody and it gets healed. And you find out, you pray for tumor, the tumor will go. And you come back again, you see cancer. You pray for, you pray for cancer, the cancer will go. You come back again, you see fibroid. That kind of person is not healing that you need. They need, they need, that is a spirit of infirmity around them that you need to cast out that spirit. The Bible was speaking in the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 16. He said, and Jesus cast, he said, and Jesus cursed the spirit. 
is that they cast out the spirit. Meaning that there are certain people who need healing, but there are certain people who need victory over the spirit of infirmity. Meaning that spirit needs to be cast out. Like I always say, demon spirit don't only enter body, they can enter situation. How do you know? You will do the things that you that normally should, should bring results, but you do them consistently and find out that there's no results. You can find somebody that has an headache or a leg is the person, the person will just die. To show you that demon spirit don't just only enter bodies, they can enter a situation and you put the measure that is needed for that person to, to come back from that kind of thing and they won't come back. So the ministry of Jesus was not void of deliverance. So when people say, why, why are people doing deliverance for you and all of those things? And deliverance is not just laying down on people and they are falling down and throwing saliva. The apex tool, the, 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 the apex tool for deliverance is what? The word of God. The Bible said, because when your deliverance stops by just laying on a fan, the Bible said that the demon spirit will leave and come back and check his house. If you find that that is, is well garnished, the word of God is not in that house, he will go back and bring more seven dangerous spirits. So you get so now the ministry of Jesus did not neglect the part of deliverance. He taught, he preached, he do, he delivered, he healed. Then he also helped. The help ministry is also part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. The the ministry, you can if 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 to call a place a church, you must find these five cardinal points in every ministry. To call a place a ministry or a church, you must find you must find these five cardinal points: teaching, preaching deliverance healing and the help ministry so anything or anywhere that you must call a church or a ministry you will likely or mostly find this cardinal point they are there in the ministry of jesus they reflect even in their life and the early church of the apostles so these are the five cardinal points that qualifies a place to be a church you know church has actually hurt so many people there are so many people who have had issues with churches they've had many things they've had this and that with churches and all that and Truly, uh, I'm sorry about your experience about setting churches or setting people in the church that I'm actually out to you. But that is not what the church is for. The church is actually God's own strategy. The church is what? Is actually God's own word, strategy. Now, what is the what is the 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 work or what are the things that the church should do? What 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 can you also find in church and know that this place is a church? One, the first assignment of the church is to provide preservation slash salvation preservation of souls preservation of souls the first primary assignment of every torch is preservation is what is preservation that that souls be saved that what souls be saved is for soul winning the first primary assignment of a torch is soul winning that we go out and get people rescued to the kingdom of god like john 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And the great commission that was given in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, that you go into the world baptizing people and just bringing them to the kingdom of God. So the first primary assignment of the church is not just to share rice and gari, it's not to give fufu. The first primary assignment of the church is to get souls to be saved. When you are feeding people who are not saved, you are not doing them any good. So the first assignment of the church is that people be saved. So the first assignment of the church is not sharing bag of rice. As good as that is, it's even the least of it. The first assignment of the church is to do what? Is to get people to be saved. The first, so you can see so many people who have been rolling in churches, they gave birth to them even on, on pulpit, on the altar, yet they are not saved. 
Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to 10 gave us how the, the condition for a man to be saved that you believe in your heart and then you confess with your mouth. There are people who are ushers, there are people who are even climbing our pulpit who are not saved yet. Because the law of Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to 10 has not found expression in their life. So there are people who have been around spiritual things for a very long time and they will still go to a fire. This is not a way to, this is not a condemnation message. It's just showing you that the church is a strategy and the first, the, the first assignment of the church is to see that souls be saved. It's not to share rice, not to share beans. As good as all those things are, the first assignment of the church is to get that people are saved. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And Matthew 28, verse 18, that, that is the first assignment any church will see even let them have blue lights, you know, blue lights, yellow light, whatsoever, share beans here. As long as their primary focus and assignment is not to get people saved, then you can't call it a church. Maybe a disco that just like that just like scripture. So the first assignment of the church is to get men saved, that men be reconciled back to Christ. That men what? That men be reconciled back to Christ. So that's why no meeting, I understand that certain churches don't do what I call, like they don't call people, but I don't know the way they, they, they are designed to get people saved. Whatsoever way, if you don't like to do what I call, whatsoever way, fine. But there should be a way to which you reach out to people to be saved. So when you find that a church can go for a long time without, without preaching the gospel of salvation, asking people to come and give their life to Christ, giving them the opportunity to come and be saved. It is the first primary assignment, no matter what you want to teach. In everything that you teach or you say must fall down back, that people come and experience the Son of God, that they be reconciled back to Christ. So the first primary assignment of every church is to what? Is to reconcile men back to Christ, salvation. Then second, the second assignment of every church is to make people know God, that their knowledge is pro progressive in the things of God. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4, he said that, that all men they say one and come to the knowledge of the truth. Meaning that to, see, if you leave men alone at the point of salvation, you will still cause problems because certain people who are causing issues to the body of Christ are people who are actually saved but they have not grown. So in First Timothy chapter one verse two, he said um, chapter two verse four, he said that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So the truth is a place where people are being taught to know God. People are being what they are being taught to know God. They teach you in a way that the God you are serving, you will know Him to know Him experientially. So the truth is a garden of where believers come, where they are being taught practically to know God. So you see that when we just get people born again, we just leave them at that level. These are people who are just there. They are believers, but see, they, they are still causing issues. Now, let me give you a stance. If you, if you, your baby, a baby of six months, or probably a baby of six months old, or a baby of, just imagine that a baby of five years old, is still using pampas. You're still carrying the baby. You're, he cannot do anything for himself. A baby, and somebody of 10 years cannot do anything. He's still wearing pampas. That person... That is the same way that we behave, we behave when we leave believers just at the door of salvation by not making them so the church is a place where you come and do what? After you are being seen, you are being taught to what? You are being taught to do what? To know God more. See, eh? I understand that we young men of God, you know, we are looking for power, the things of the Spirit. 
I also love the things of the spirit. I love the manifestation of the spirit. I love that people fall under the anointing. I love that people are healed. I love to give the prophetic and it is accurate. I love to call people's name. I love to call issues and you no know, God comes into those things. Those things make you feel like a superman. People look at you and say, ah, I go to a place, I decree in the next 14 days there will be a miracle. And on the 14th day they were miracle. See, those things are good, but let me tell you the truth. People are never beat by prophecy. If you want a lasting ministry, and even you as a believer, you want to be a lasting believer that tomorrow will not come and be dragging from the club and say, ah, you used to preach on the altar before, you are with the Abbotty. You must give attention to the teaching ministry. I've seen people jumping up and down. See, let me tell you something. The prophetic ministry can only bring people. It cannot keep them. Study your Bible. When Jesus met the woman at the well, he gave him, he gave him a, a, a word of knowledge or the prophetic. He told him, Ivan, five husband, the one you are with now is not your husband. The woman ran. That is the prophetic at work. The woman now ran to go and call people. The prophetic will always bring people. But what did the people say? They say, we have not stayed because of what you told us. We have stayed because of his word. So the prophetic can bring people, but it takes only the word to keep them. Jumping. See, the teaching ministry is so powerful. The teaching ministry. Let's see the book of Mark chapter 1 chapter 1. I think, let me use my TBT version. Mark chapter 1. I'll study. I've been on this book of Mark for a few days now. Just ravaging and just enjoying that book. Mark chapter 1. Okay. There was something in this book that was so um, that was so amazing when Jesus was teaching. He said, Do have that my scripture again? Mark chapter 1. The teaching ministry of Jesus, why Jesus was teaching, there were miracles that were happening. See, miracles, miracles and all of these things, they follow, the miracles and all these things that you see, eh, they follow the teaching ministry. There are some people who I know, they come to meet me, they are asking, and I, the prophetic, see, the teaching ministry is a very, is a very, is a solid ministry that if you're a man of God, you must commit yourself to studying so that you can feed God's people well. Now, watch in Mark chapter 1, verse 22. He said the people were, were all struck by his teaching because he taught in a way that demonstrated God's authority, which was quite unlike the religious scholar. Suddenly, during the meeting, a demon possessed man screamed out. He didn't touch the man, but he was teaching. See, the power of God is, is shrouded, is packaged in God's word. When you teach it, miracles will actually happen. With what your teaching is actually the real God's word. As you're teaching, the power of God will flow through his word. He said, by teaching, because he taught in a way that was demonstrated, that demonstrated God's authority, which was quite unlike the religious scholars. Suddenly, during the meeting, a demon man, a demon-possessed man screamed out. He didn't come close to them. He was only teaching, and a demon-possessed person was screaming. Please, off your mic. Who is that person? And a demon and a demon possessed person was screaming why Jesus was teaching. He was not even close to them, but why the teaching ministry was going. In the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 32, he said, I commend you to God one. He said, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you. It's good to look for miracles. God, God, God is a God of miracles. It's not bad. It's good to you, know, you see men of God who are operating, but let me tell you, if you want to be a lasting believer, eh, you must be accurately taught. You must give yourself to the teaching ministry. It's the ministry that can make you last as a believer. You know, see, there are so many people who have come, even ministry and they have gone. I, I was in the Apostle Michael Rockwell one day, and he said something that was very striking. 
He said, we are young and our blood is still fresh. He said, by the time we get to 60, we, we know that we are very few. We know that what? We are very few. There are people, I also remember I saw a post on Pastor Kodirimadi's post. He was congratulating Pastor Shola in UK of 30 years in ministry. Then he said something. He said some years ago, they were in one, one particular place and there were different men of God and they were preaching and people were off. Both him and Pastor Shola went to, you know, they went to attend the conference and they were like, ah, these guys were off. They said, but today, eh, in ministry, it is only them that they know. They cannot find the rest people again. They don't know where they are. Do you know one thing? The teaching ministry will keep you for as long as you want to be. Can I tell you again, when the revival was moving these days, he told them, he said, most of you will be gone and I'll still be here. Not because I'm more anointed than you. No, it's because I place value on the teaching ministry than you. I place value on the word of God than you. So the church is the place where people are being fed out. They are being taught to know God and to grow in the things of God. The church is the place where people are being taught about God to grow in the things of God. So you just go to church, um, um, three hour service, you dance for two hours. Then you do testimony for um, um, 30 minutes. Then they share the word for like 15 or 10 minutes. You will never grow. The Apostle Paul was teaching, they were showing them the methodical way to grow. He said, I commend you to God. One, he said, unto the word of his grace, which is able to build you. Even that most of the miracles that we even see, we find out that you see how Jesus was so meticulous about the teaching ministry. He was done doing miracles there in chapter 1, verse 8 of Mark. And he told them, so Jesus replied, He said, We have to go on to the surrounding villages so that I can share my message with the people. He was not bothered about the miracles. His disciples said, Ah, look at the kind of miracle that you've done. Look at but what Jesus was he was bothered about sharing the message, the teaching ministry. He said, I, we have to go to the surrounding village so that I can share my message with the people there. For that is my mission, the teaching ministry. You see how important the teaching ministry was? Jesus came, came back from resurrection and he was with disciples for 40 days. What was he doing? He was teaching. He was not doing miracles. He was not conducting seminars. The teaching ministry is very powerful. You see, but when people are not open up to the dimension and the teaching ministry, is why we have so many people that when evil happened to them, for instance, maybe they lost their parent, they lost their father. You know, most of the time, I remember one time like that, two people lost their people the same day. And one of them began to question me, eh, what is Christian? What is life? Say, what is this? See, eh? so I understand that, I understand certain questions from this, from the place of pain. But when people have issues, and the, I, I, I'm looking for a way to put this thing, when the teaching ministry have not really been injected into people, they will always look for excuse to do or to backslide. You find people say, eh, if God cannot do this one, I, I will leave God. Because we are the first thing we are after is miracle. After bread, after butter, after the prophetic, the miracle, the this. See, those who are always after that thing, I can tell you, if you come to God because of bread and butter, you will soon backslide. If you come to God because of this, you must get to a point where you'll be like Job, even though he's slain, I will still serve you. So, the teaching ministry is what exposes you to this dimension of followership to God. The teaching ministry. Now, this was um, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Several days later, Jesus returned to um, Capernaum and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. Soon, there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him and there was no room even outside the door while Jesus was preaching the word of God. Now, this is the problem I have with certain statements that people say. I understand that. Now, we don't judge um, um, ministry success by crowd. 
You do, just because you have crowd does not mean you're teaching the activity. There are people who are not really teaching the activity and yet they have crowd. But yet, you cannot say that because you are teaching the accurate thing, that's why you don't have crowd. Jesus here, yeah, that, that statement already invalidated the scripture. The Bible said, why Jesus was preaching the word? He said, soon there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear it. Crowd was too much. Why Jesus was preaching the word of God? He was so concerned about teaching. He was so concerned about what? The teaching ministry. So, the, the church is the place where you are being taught to know God and to grow in the things of God. There are so many people today who are just, they, they are just saved and they are even burdened to people. Most of, most of the people who criticize men of God, some of them are actually saved people, but there are people who have not encountered a teaching ministry, they have not grown, they are the, the same way they were when they gave their life to Christ, it's still the same way that they are now. So they even become more problem to the body of Christ. So the church is the place where we come to grow, to know God experientially. Thirdly, the church. The church is the place to meet those who are like-minded. And the church is a place for mental transformation and also to meet those who are like-minded. The church is what is a place for mental transformation and also to meet those who are like-minded. For instance, you find out that in churches you will find those who are who the, 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 the church is a place for mental transformation. It calibrates you. You find out that there is a way you stay long with the word of God. You are not thinking the way you are thinking before. There's something that the church does to you when the way the word is being taught. For instance, probably maybe you are sick or you are downcast or certain things is just happening to you. Then you come to church. You find out that your mind is very recalibrated. You find out that the 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 heaviness, the suicidal thoughts that was in, that was in your mind. But as you came the church, as the word of God is being taught and dispensed, you find out that there's mental transformation. You have peace now. You are not. You are, you are just okay. And it's also the place where you meet those who are like mind, those who think the way you think. For instance, there are certain people you stay with. If you pray in tongues for long, they will quarrel you. But the church is the place where you meet what? Your mind is being transformed. It's also the place where you meet those who their mind have been transformed just like you. It's a place where you do what? Where, I know that so many people have been up in church. They have bad people. They have Yes, I know. The body of Christ is still getting to a place of perfection. So we are, we are still striving. We are still getting there. So the church is the place for mental transformation. And also to meet those who have been transformed like you. Those who you share the same value, just like you. There are certain people that you cannot, you know. <laughs> I understand that uh, little division here and there in the body of Christ and all that. But the church of God is where you meet those who are like. Do you see the way sometimes when you are using your Twitter or your Instagram? Do you see the way some people think who are not believers without due respect? This is the things that they say. You are like, what? Is this person a human being at all? Why? You cannot understand because the church of God that you belong to has recalibrated your mind. There's a way that people can, can talk. There, there are people who can use F word carelessly. There are people who can upload any content on their social media. They don't care. They can upload naked things. There are people who can upload so many rubbish. 
but because you, you belong to a place where your mind has been recalibrated there are things that you cannot see there are places that you cannot go there are things that you don't do the church of god is the place where mind is being recalibrated and yet you meet those whose their mind has been recalibrated in that way you find that that you now have respect for people probably the last message the last sermon you listened to your church was your pastor teaching about honor you find out that your aggression you are being aggressive towards people you are always wanting to fight but you find that that aggressiveness is not coming down why because you sat under a man of god who talked about the fruit of the spirit you'll find that you, the way you used to like money before you like money as if your, your life is depending on it and your mind is not being recalibrated it's been shifted why? Because you sat under a man of God who taught it accurately. You see, I used to have resentment for the things of the spirit before. But now you love prayer. You even invite people to come and join prayers and all those things. Why? Because a mental transformation has taken place. Some of you, this now used to be before, before you give your life to Christ and you subject to teachings. You see, you look, you look back at your old pictures, the old things that you post on Facebook, and you find out how, how very... Some of us, you look at it and say, so I was this foolish. So this you posted before. But because the word of God, the church is a place for transformation. The church is a place for transformation. You see, arm robber yesterday came to the church. Is now even is the one who is now even catching other arm robbers. Why? Because transformation has taken place. It's a place where people are being transformed. When we talk transformation, it happens from the mind. Because if you slap a person, it's not your hand that slaps the person, no. It's from your mind. Because everything, your body is only a slave, executing what your mindset is saying. Your what? Your body is only a slave. Your hand is only a slave. Your legs, they are slaves, executing what your mind is saying. So the church is the place of mental transformation. It's where men are being transformed. You see somebody who used to be an arm robber before, come to church, he's been taught, gave his life to Christ, and yet this person is not even teaching the word of God. It's a place where transformation takes place. And it's a place where you meet those who have been transformed. Where you meet those who share same value with you. The church. The church is a strategy. See, let me tell you, if not because of the church, so many things, do you know how so many people have been behaving, would have been behaving? behaving you would have seen a lot of issues and um, will I call it probably there would have even be one in Nigeria or other parts of the country. But the church is a strategy to even keep the world at peace. Because somebody offends you, probably you want to pick up something and eat the blessing back, but you are being taught not to behave that way. Somebody says something to you and you, you want to reply the person back and change it for the person, but you are being taught. Somebody that has been with you for a very long time, yet he's, he's acting very silly. You'd have wanted to just do something silly to the person, but you have been taught. So the church is a place where your mind is being recalibrated. So of you, there's a way you even dress before, there's a way you talk before, but immediately you start subjecting yourself to teachings, subjecting yourself to scriptures for the word of God. You go to church, you see the thing, you transformation took place. There are people who even went to certain church, the way they are dressed, nobody asked them to stop dressing that way. They just enter the church and they see how people are dressing like sensible persons. And you go there and you see yourself as if you're only the one dressing like an arm robber here. Nobody advises you. You come the next day dressing well. And that's how the transformation has taken place. The church is a place for mental transformation. It's a place for absolute transformation. And also to meet those who have been transformed. Number four, 
the church is also is a place where our help is being received the church is what is a place where help can be received you know sometimes people send me messages on on, on twitter i get a lot of you know can you do this for me money this one that one mm. my brother i do the ones i can do and the ones i cannot do i only ask them can i help you retweet it can i can i screenshot and put out i find that most of these young people most of them they are not committed to a local assembly you are committed to a local assembly they may not have all of the resources or the money to give to you probably you're a student committed at least there's something that they will be able to do for you you are not the the local assembly the church is also a place to receive help you see most of these people just they 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 don't they are not submitted to a local assembly going to one person attending like 14 churches so when there's problem it's not committed to anywhere there's nowhere he can go to and say please help me there's an issue on ground only you attending like 14 churches when you go to one church this Sunday, when will you when we attend the church again so you are not committed to a place this is also a charge and a call to be committed to a local assembly and serve the church is what the church is also a place to receive help so many people are in trouble today there's nobody that they can talk to because they don't they're not committed to any local assembly a, a church where you are not committed to you are not serving with your physical body with your resources you are not even doing anything ah, ah. then when you have issue you run there and say you have issue of 700 no the church is a place to receive help it's also a place of help when you are committed when you are known your local assembly the bible said in the book of art they were they brought things that they sold and they were sharing it among each other so the church is also a place where help is being received all fingers are very equal sometimes i know that we are always we are striving to be better but at your process point whether you're a student or something you can reach out to your local assembly or by the virtue of your service you may not even need to reach out they will just know because you're serving Though, by the virtue of your service, you would have discussed maybe discussion, and ah, there's no way to pay your school fees, and the money will just be gathered and just run around there. But if they don't know you and you come and say, and I found out, it's people who are not committed to churches that always need more, that they are the ones that always need more help. They are the ones who always, because they are not even committed anywhere. Because most of the times when you are even committed to those places, you will not need that level of help. Most of those things would have been sorted out. You are not committed, you are not serving. It's also the place to do what to receive help. The place to do what to receive help. Number five, the church also helps to build society. And somebody will ask, ah, how does the church help to, to build society? See, when people are are, are, are well taught, when people are, are when people when you teach people and transformation takes place in their life, the society will be built. For instance, the arm robber that is being taught and he has transformed. And probably he has been taught about getting a job, diligence and excellence. You see that, that particular person getting a job. And he's, he, he has stopped being a nuisance to society. He, he has stopped being a pain to the society because he used to be an arm robber. But now he has been taught. So the church is also a part of building society. By building men. The church also what? Number five, building society what? By building men. You, you build the society by building men because men, we are the society. So somebody who has been behaving, who, who, who is a nuisance to the society before, came into the church, properly taught, transformed. It won't be a nuisance anymore. So the church also helped build society by building people. You should know what? Build society what? By building people. 
Number five, they try build society what by building people. When when proper transformation is in place, when people are thoroughly taught and grow in the ways of the Lord, you see transformation. There are some pastors, there are some even some people who their their previous life that they were living, but they encounter a teaching church and their life transformed. They encounter what a full teaching church and their life transformed. Then lastly, the church is a family. The church is what? The church is a family. I know there can be little issues here and there and all that. The church, but let me tell you, the church is actually a family. There are so many people today who went to school just because they are attending a church. I remember this is a life story of Pastor Jerry. He said he came from a family where they, do, they, they had nothing. He said the mom, he said this by his own mouth, that's why I'm saying it. He said the mom in her previous life had um, a very funny life. She had children with different men or like two or three men or something like that. So when she gave her life to Christ, they were, he was always in the church. The way as a young man is always in the church. Somebody saw him one day and decided to train him. I think from secondary school till he got graduated. Pastor Jerry, the one you know today. That was the story. So there are people who would never have gone to school today. Eh? except if not for the fact that they belong to the church who is a family there are people today who their marriages they are came from the church it happens to you that some of you guys that you go to church and hire one sister even sisters to you so the church is what a family there are people today who they've lost their parents their father their mother and the only the only place that they have people to talk to them to care for them to watch after them is the church the church is a family so don't just go to church tomorrow and say, hey, everybody, make everybody do you come to church, make her come to church. That's not how to do the church. So tonight, you, you, you say, I, I have this in mind to do. You will search out on premiere. Hmm? As we're closing now, it's about to close. And you don't need to know the person. In short, I want you to go. We have up to 970 people here on premiere. You search out people that you've not spoken to be, before. One person will reach out to at least three people. Say, thank you for being in the church. Thank you for being a member of this church, premiere. Thank you for being a friend. You don't need to know them. I don't even want you to know them. I don't want people that you've been talking to already. Reach out to three people today on this platform that you don't know before. Just send them random message. The church is a family. The church is what? A family. So don't just come to church and tie your face and say, ah, the way after all, I'll just come to church and let everybody just do their own. No. The church was not meant to be like that. The church is what? A family. So I want you guys this night, reach out to at least three persons here on this platform that you don't know. I'm not talking to those who are online. No, reach out to those. Even those who have not joined our meetings before, but they are on tenure, reach out to them and greet them. The church is a family. If we're in a physical meeting, I would have said, okay, turn to your neighbor and hug yourself. But we cannot try not that because we are all streaming from online. So the church is not just one place where you squeeze your face and come to us. No, what's of everything? To see the church as family, as everything that has been said tonight, Father, the grace not just to be here, but also to be doers of your word. Lord, grace me in Jesus' name. Let's pray in the name of Jesus as we round up. Leko baradado shete de baladada, leke te 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 te, juda da 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 da, leko baradada da 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 da, jete te 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 te, zote de 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 de, 
In Jesus' mighty name of God. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Bless your name for what has come forth. So be that exalted. So be that magnified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Like I said, reach out to at least three people that you've not spoken to before on this platform. Send them a message in their DM and just appreciate them. Thank them for being part of the church, Peniel. Alright guys, have a wonderful night. Take care of yourself. Sleep well. I love you. I love you. Like I always say, the only person that may love you more than you do is your parents and your partner. Back from that, love you. Have a wonderful night. Take care of yourself. See you by 12.